Well, good morning. All right, all right, all right. Party people are in the house. We are ready for some fun as we are having our fun fall Sunday here together uh, this morning. We're grateful for each of you who are here with us in person. Those watching online want to welcome all of our first time guests as well. My name is Joe. I serve as one of the pastors here at Riverbend, and we are just so excited about the opportunity to gather together today and it's going to be an exciting time as we've got a cook-off going on we've got a photo booth station to the left of here so make sure you go in there grab some photos with your family and friends uh, we've got some other things going on as well but again we are so thankful to have each and every one of you here with us this morning and as we begin our time i just want to ask a simple question what's your favorite candy what's your favorite candy i heard candy corn what, what do you got candy corn what's up Peanut butter cups, Butterfingers, Mike and Ike's, Sour Patch Kids. What'd you say? Oh, all right, all right. What'd you say? Mentos. Okay, all right, Mentos, all right. I haven't heard that one in a while. All right, so, so you guys have been really, really helpful with this. How many of you would say you like candy? Show of hands, show of hands, everybody like it? Yeah, everybody pretty much likes candy. Candy. And, and here's the thing about, about candy. Usually the thing that you, you like about it isn't per se what it looks like. The, the, what it looks like is one part of the whole experience, but it's what it tastes like, right? Uh, you know, it's like how sour it is, how sweet it is. If it's uh, got that peanut butter taste in it, like the peanut butter cups or the Reese's Pieces, right? There's something about tasting it that you're like, wow, that was really really good there's something beyond what you can see and there are times even have you ever gotten those box of chocolates and you're kind of playing a little bit of uh, chocolate roulette so to speak right because you're like wait a second like hey i think this looks good and i try it and i'm like oh that was bad that was bad i did not like that i did not like that right we, we all have those type of experiences and today what I want us to do is, as we continue in our series, Walk This Way, I want us to hear from two Johns. We, we are going to hear from John the Baptist, who came before Jesus, to prepare the way of who Jesus was, to introduce people to who he is. And then the disciple John, who was one of Jesus' disciples and, and walked with him, and, and hearing how they describe who this Jesus is, the, the essence of who he is beyond what they could see, beyond what they could see, and really what others could see, but also who he truly was. And so we're going to start to hear parts of that as well. And, and by the way, if, if kids start coming to the stage, I will not be offended or upset by that. We will just go with it. It is a family-style gathering after all. So just know that on my end. We're glad that all the families are in the house today. So I just want to make sure you know that from me. So today we're going to be in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and listen to what it says here, starting in verse 26. It says, They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing, and everyone is going to him. To this, John replied, A person, let's read this out loud together, this part right here on three, one, two, three. A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. And so what John the Baptist is hearing from his disciples who are following him is, hey, people are leaving you and going after Jesus. And John's like, 
so that's what the point is right like he's the main event it's about him that's something we should celebrate that is something we should be excited about again he says a person can receive only what is given them from heaven in our own lives as well what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're joining what jesus has for us who he is and, and what he's about and that we're ab about that business not only in our own lives but in the lives of others as well, that we would cheer them on to that end. And so John doesn't view this as competition, just like we don't view other churches here in the Lehigh Valley and beyond as competition. Because after all, we're trying to run after Jesus if we're really truly lifting him up. And it's one church if we're coming under the name of Jesus. And so John doesn't feel like this is competition. This is the point. Jesus is the point. Well, it continues on here. And it says, you yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. Say this with me on three, I am not the Messiah. One, two, three. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am not the Messiah. And then turn to them again and say, you are not the Messiah. And praise, praise be to God, right? Praise be to God. John understands, right? John understands Hey, I'm not the Messiah, but I'm sit ahead of him. I'm preparing the way of the Lord. And some of you walked in here, thought you were the Messiah, and I just, I, I, I bursted your bubble here a bit, right? You're, you're welcome. You're welcome for that. I'm trying to get us in the right perspective because we want to be about who and what Jesus is about. And then it goes on to say this, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. And is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. The joy is mine and is now complete. He says again, that joy is mine and is now complete. In other words, he's saying, hey, in a lot of ways, when you go to a wedding and you're there to support the bride and the groom, and even if you're part of the wedding party, you understand that again, the main attraction is not you. They're not there for you. It would be like going to a wedding and all of a sudden you stand up and you say, oh, hey, everybody, look at me. Look at me. You'd be like, no, 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 no. He'd say, no, the joy that is mine is that I've heard the voice, the voice of the bridegroom. I've heard him. He has come. He's pursuing a prodigal people, you and me. And so John understands his part to play within all of this and the joy that's found and what Jesus is about and who Jesus truly is. And then it goes on to say this, he must become greater I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. And so as you listen to what John the Baptist is saying, he's saying, I've got to decrease, and Jesus has got to increase. And this wasn't a low view of himself. This is about putting in perspective about who Jesus is compared to who he is. And a lot of times we can miss Jesus for who he is and what he's about, just as he came to these people and didn't accept his testimony. They didn't accept his testimony. They couldn't see him for who he is. They couldn't get past. All of a sudden, God has taken on flesh. It's like when you wear a costume, right? And people are like, hey, I know there's something more going on here, but they couldn't see the more that was going on 
with Jesus. You know, my son this Halloween has been dressing up as Catboy from PJ Masks. And he does a great job as Catboy. He does a great job pretending to be a Catboy. But I know underneath that costume, there's still my son Ray. In the same way, the people, they couldn't see Jesus for who he was because they couldn't get past God with skin on. He was fully God and fully man. They couldn't get past. They wouldn't allow themselves to see the clear signs of what God's activity was. And it goes on to say this here. It says, whoever has accepted, whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. Again, whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gave the Spirit without limit. And then it goes on to say the following. It says, the Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on them. And so what Jesus is clearly saying is, hey, I want you to know what I've come to do and what I've come to bring. And John the Baptist and the disciple John are verifying that. They're saying, hey, this is what we've seen. This is what we're declaring. And, and God the Father loves God the Son, has revealed all these things to him. So what Jesus speaks of is what he has heard and seen from God the Father. And it's interesting that God the Spirit's involved. He's given without measure, it says, without limit. In other words, the Holy Spirit's activity is in the life and the ministry of Jesus, and he's at work in our lives as well. And so we're invited in to this relationship through the finished work of Jesus. And God's wrath is fully satisfied in the sacrifice that Jesus would make for each and every one of us through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. And so I want you to just consider the fact that you don't have to endure the wrath of God, but rather you can put your trust in Jesus and experience this not only release from the wrath, but this eternal life, this life that's marked by joy, hope, peace, love, this, this life that really begins the day we put our trust in Jesus and goes on even past this life on earth. And so as we think about that, I want to give us just a couple things to drive home what we've read about today. And here's the first. Do we find our joy in who Jesus is and what he is doing? See, John the Baptist said, I find my joy in who Jesus is. I find my joy in who he is and, and what he is doing. I'm not jealous and I don't view Jesus as competition. I'm here for Jesus. I'm about what Jesus is doing. And I'm about lifting him up. And in your own life, do you find joy in who he is and what he's doing? Or is there competing agendas with Jesus? See, for John's disciples, there was a competing agenda. It was John the Baptist's ministry versus Jesus' ministry. But John the Baptist said, no, 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 no. I'm here for Jesus. I'm here to lift him up. I'm here for what he's doing. In your own life, are you finding your true joy in who Jesus is and what he's doing? This joy that is given to us without limit. This joy that is found and what Jesus would do for us and provide for us. Again, do we find our joy in who Jesus is and what he's doing? Are you celebrating the ways he's at work in your life 
in the life of others. And then the, the next part of this is what John would say, and another translation uses the word decrease and increase, but simply put, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. I must decrease and Jesus must increase. And let's say that together on three. One, two, three. I must decrease and Jesus must increase. And when that happens, actually the fullness of life that I'm intended and created for and Jesus has made a way for me to experience is mine. When I'm decreasing, in other words, my agenda, my way, my priorities, and saying, hey, my life is mine and I'm the ultimate authority, and rather seeing Jesus, no, 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 Jesus, you are. And I want to be about what you're about in my own life and the lives of those around me. I want to allow you to form me into your likeness and then to transform me and then allowing that to lead to multiplication wherever I go in the life of those around me. Again, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. And here's a question for you to think about this week and throughout today even. Who is decreasing and increasing in your life? Who is decreasing and increasing in your life? Are you decreasing, meaning the false self apart from Jesus? Or is the true person in Jesus increasing within you? You know, Dallas Willard said it really well when we talked about discipleship. He said, discipleship simply is if Jesus had your skin on. That's what it looks like. It looks like when Jesus and you share life together and he's changing you. The likeness of Jesus, the true self that you are in Christ, as you are hidden in Christ, as he's our only hope and the one that we're anchoring our life on. So are we being shaped into his likeness? Who's decreasing and who's increasing? The longer you follow Jesus, truly follow him and give him access to everything, Jesus should increase more. He should be increasing more. And then the last part that I want to give you today is, where are you with Jesus? Where are you with him? That's a simple question, but it's one that you have to ask, answer for yourself. Where are you with Jesus? John made it really clear. Jesus' invitation is for anyone and everyone, but many rejected him. Is that where you are? Are you skeptical today? Are you someone that said, no, I'm following Jesus, but I feel and view Jesus as competition for my life versus celebrating what he's trying to do in my life? Is that where you are with him? Or are you where John the Baptist and the Apostle John were? Where it's like, no, man, I, I really want to be about who Jesus is and what he's about. For many of us, today could be the day that we could forever change the way in which we view Jesus and what he's about by simply saying, I'm putting my trust in you and, and or I'm deepening my trust in you. Again, where are you with Jesus? I want you to be thinking about that because his invitation is for anyone and everyone. He's inviting us to a lifelong adventure of journeying with him. And he is the full measure of our joy. Let's pray together. Father, right now, we thank you for this time together. And we pray, Jesus, that you would continue, continue just to lead our time. We're thankful for an opportunity to gather in this way. And we're thankful for your word that reveals so much to us about who Jesus is and what he's about. Lord, we pray that we would find our joy in you. We pray, Jesus, that you would continue to increase in us and that we would decrease, Lord. And that we would constantly take inventory of where we are with you. 
We thank you that your invitation is available to anyone and to everyone. And we pray that those who have yet to put their trust in you as their Savior, that today would be the day they would do that. So, Lord, we thank you for this time together. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.